The second season of the HBO show, The Wire, premiered on June 1st, 2003. The show follows the Baltimore Police Department as they investigate organized criminal activity. In season one, it was primarily drugs and related local and state corruption. In season two, we get farther up the, the supply chain and begin to see how local crime connects to international crime. And there's more corruption and more impact for poverty-stricken people. And we just get to see some of those same cycles from season one play out again, but in a more complex scenario. And so we are so excited on the on the Right Perspective podcast to be going season by season through the show The Wire. And today's episode is about season two of The Wire. And we're going to discuss the show. We're going to recap the show the season. And then we're going to decide whether it gets one, zero, one, two, or three containers. <laughs> Bad I was going to say containers. I think it should be containers. I, I was going to say containers. That's it. That's it. I, I'm glad that, that That's was my good. first. That was my first. That That's was my good. first. That's it. That's because good. season two is centered around. The docks and the containers. The docks. Okay. That's good. That's very right. good. That's very good. So for those who, haven't, uh, who are new to our podcast, we pick a theme from the subject content. And we use that as our way of voting about whether or not we like the show. So if, mm -hmm. I like the, if I like season two of The Wire at the end of this podcast, it will get a container from me. And we each have a container to grant. So at the end of this episode, we will determine if season two of The Wire gets zero, one, two, <laughs> or three containers. Oh, let's see <laughs> how it plays out. <laughs> See, I see when you down in the hole. I see you got your coffee in. Yeah. This is, okay. This is how you build excitement. All right. When you so walk anyway, with Jesus. So, so anyway. My name is Aubrey and I'm the oldest. <laughs> I'm Janiah and I'm the middle. I'm Brittany and I'm the youngest. All right. So. What's the, so you're going to first start us off with a synopsis. Yes. Yes. Right. And you know, you all, we, we like to start off with a synopsis in case you are um, listening to or watching the podcast before you've actually experienced the content yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's hard though to recap an entire season you of a complex a show. Thank you. Thank Last you, bro. Season. Thank you. you. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Here so. We go. You remember that in season one, we were following the Baltimore police as they tried to infiltrate and dismantle a drug ring called the Barksdale Organization. And it's called the Barksdale Organization, named after its leader, Avon Barksdale. We do come to learn, though, in season one that Barksdale is actually a family name. So it is not just Avon Barksdale. This is the Barksdale family's historic drug organization. At the end of season one, they hadn't the police hadn't really accomplished much because the Barksdale organization continued to thrive in spite of the police having locked up Avon Barksdale and a few members of his team, including his nephew, D'Angelo Barksdale. Now, season two, right at the beginning, we do find out that the police actually had a bigger impact on the Barksdale organization 
than they thought because it turns out that right around the same time that the Baltimore police made headlines for arresting Barksdale, that it turns out that right around that same time, some of the primary suppliers for the Barksdale organization, so these are people higher up the drug uh, supply chain, they were at the same time, but separately being investigated by the DEA. And those suppliers felt like the DEA investigation that they were experiencing was somehow linked to the Barksdale organization. And so they were feeling like Barksdale had somehow given them up. Um, and so because of that, the suppliers lost trust in the Barksdale organization and cut them off. And so the high quality product that the Barksdale organization was known for, they no longer had access to it. And so we find out that this, so this obviously creates a, a, a big problem. And since Avon Barksdale, the actual head of the organization is in jail, he, uh, it is his second in command who has to make really the decisions about what to do. And that is our favorite, you love him, you hate him, Stringer. Okay, played by Idris Elba. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. And so Stringer ends up making a deal with Proposition Joe. Proposition Joe is another drug, a drug ring uh, leader in Baltimore. Um, you know, we might call him a competitor in the marketplace. Okay. And so Stringer ends up making a deal with Proposition Joe. And he does that without really getting permission from Avon Barksdale. Now, just because Avon is in jail, it doesn't mean that he has become powerless. He is still the leader. And Stringer Bell should have been checking in with Avon as he was making these decisions. And it's so interesting because as you are watching season two, you start to realize that even though Avon is incarcerated, he still manages to be extremely powerful. He manages to have all manner of contraband brought to him in jail, including fast food. He's got a little television set up. He's, he's living a relatively cushy I mean, life, all things considered. <laughs> he really is, he's got like a window view, like a, like a, corner, a corner cell, you know. Um, and, and we even watch him that he manages to manipulate the legal system, legal system from inside the jail. Specifically, he uses his connections to expose one of the guards, one of the prison guards that has actually been bringing drugs into the jail. And this prison guard had been bringing drugs into the jail before Avon and his folks got incarcerated. And so he, for a long time, had been uh, bringing drugs into the inmates. And so uh, Avon uses his connections to expose the guard that's been bringing the drugs into jail, and he uses that to kind of uh, negotiate some time off of his sentence. Now, unfortunately, the tactic that he used to expose the guards was to actually have uh, the guard unknowingly bring in some tainted drugs. And so several young men that were incarcerated died. And you'll recall from season one that Avon Barksdale's nephew, D'Angelo, who was incarcerated right alongside Avon, 
actually ended up getting locked up on a much longer sentence for something that he truly, truly didn't do. And he took the sentence because he was doing it in service of his family, in service of his, his family's legacy, in service of, you know, frankly, it, it, is, it, is, it was his family saying to him, this is our business and we have a responsibility to, to our community and to, our, and to future generations of our family to, to keep this business thriving. And they, they essentially, they put this pressure on D'Angelo to take a 20 year sentence for truly, truly, it, 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 wasn't even, it wasn't even action that he had actually taken. So when D'Angelo finds out that Avon allowed these young men, to, the, these, the other incarcerated people to, to die, that essentially became the straw that broke the camel's back for D'Angelo. D'Angelo tells Avon, he tells his mom, he said, who's been coming to visit him, you know, he says to, to all of them, you know what, I don't want any more connection to our family. I don't want any more connection to, 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 to this drug ring. I'm out. I don't want to benefit from your connections. And I don't, I don't want to be the victim of your connections anymore either. I, I'm just out. I'm free. Now, while this is vexing Avon, it really vexes Stringer Bell who on the outside, frankly, is really kind of high on his own supply, making all kinds of decisions, okay, without checking in with Avon. And one really big decision that he makes without checking in with Avon is to have D'Angelo killed. And so he actually orchestrates the murder of D'Angelo um, mm -hmm. while incarcerated, and he sets it up so that it looks like it was a suicide. And, you know, and Avon and his family are grieving D'Angelo's um, death as a suicide. Um, meanwhile, it was actually a murder by Avon's second-in-command, uh, second Stringer Bell. So um, back on the outside, Stringer, um, again, he's had D'Angelo killed. Frankly, he's dating D'Angelo's girlfriend and baby mama. Okay, he's just doing all sorts of things to really kind of make you hate him. We can talk more about that later. But the big thing he did, again, um, is to begin to partner with Proposition Joe. Again, someone who in this drug marketplace is a competitor for the Barksdale organization. Stringer Bell makes a decision to start to be able to access Proposition Joe's product since his supply chain is gone. He needs the quality of product that Proposition Joe has. And of course, Proposition Joe takes the piece up for it. He'll take a proposition. And he says, that's fine. But in order for you to get some of my product, I'm going to need some of your territory. So Stringer Bell does this whole negotiation. So that, of course, leads you to start to wonder, well, who then is Proposition Joe's supplier? What's his supply chain? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay, it is a ginormously kind of rich and well-resourced, you know, Eurocentric group headed up by a man known as the Greek. And we actually find out about the connection between Proposition Joe and the Greek a little later in the season because we actually meet the Greek and his crime organization a different way. How did we meet them? Well, we spend in season two a lot of time on the port, on the docks in Baltimore. We find ourselves on the port because as a punishment for his shenanigans in season one, McNulty has been put on the Marine unit, which means literally every morning he is getting up, putting on his policeman uniform and going out to a boat. And, you know, we spend a whole season with McNulty. So we know 
that he would much rather be in the city doing investigations. And so him being in this Marine unit, monitoring the, you know, literally, you know, water is, is it, it truly is a punishment for him. And, but as luck would have it, McNulty always getting into something, he ends up finding a body floating in the water. And we eventually find out that that body, that woman, is one of a group of 14 bodies of young women that were being sex trafficked and had been brought to the U.S. in a crate, in a container, by the Greeks organization, larger crime organization. And obviously, in order to pull off an international drug and sex trafficking ring, you'd have to have plenty of connections. And of course, the Greek has those connections. We're talking about connections and customs around the world, um, connections with the FBI, and of course, connections with the people who work at the docks in Baltimore. And this was a really important and, and central component of season two. In the same way that we got to see the impacts of poverty and powerlessness and corruption and drugs and over-policing on a community in season one, we got to see all of that play out again in season two, but it was in a different community. It was a community of dock workers, mostly white people. And I will just say that this was um, really, really, it was just really unique and amazing. And so I just can't wait for us to really dig in and talk more about this doc life. Um, and what was extremely unfortunate is that the dock workers, they had been watching their livelihoods being stripped away over many years as the Baltimore docks were essentially, they were being gentrified. You know, the docks were being used less and less for shipping and more and more for luxury housing condos. And so as it started to become a tourist attraction instead of an actual shipping area, we start to see this union, this union of dock workers, these hard working people, low income people, um, we start to see them, um, they're struggling financially. And the actual leader of that group, the leader of that union is a man named Sabatka. And he does, out of desperation, out of desperation, he and his union, they begin to turn to crime so that they can have enough money to pay for lobbyists and bribes for politicians so that they could bring honest and legitimate work to the docks. The only way that they could bring the legitimate work to the docks mm. was to generate money through crime. And that is how the dock workers ended up working for the Greek and helping to facilitate the shipping of these mysterious illegal containers, which we come to find out this season sometimes contain people. And because the bodies of the 14 dead girls, and also because, frankly, of some silly police vendettas, uh, vendettas in the police department, the police were watching the dock workers very closely, and they were able to link some of them to their criminal activity. And they were able to link the deaths of those 14 women that were being sex trafficked to the dock workers. And they were also starting to create links to the, to the Greek and to his larger organization. And in the end, the union leader Sabatka is actually killed by the Greeks when he 
tries to save his family and his union members from being imprisoned and investigated by the police and the FBI. The Greek is aware because of his connections of everything that is happening. He's aware that he's being monitored. He's aware that they're hot on his tail. He cuts his losses and leaves town. And just like at the end of season one, all efforts by the police, all efforts by the FBI to stop crime, and all efforts by the criminals to thwart the police and the, and the uh, and FBI, no one was successful. No one was successful. The, they were not able to stop, the, the criminals were not able to stop the, the, the police investigations. The police were not able to stop the, the criminal activity. And the Greek, who is the head of this major international crime ring, he literally just leaves town. He just leaves, he leaves, and his business goes on. And meanwhile, this union, um, they have been ripped apart. We have seen uh, uh, generations of, of lifestyle, of community built around life on the docks be torn to shred because this community does not have the resources that it needs to be able to, to, to continue to bring legitimate work um, to, to, its, to, its, to its community. Um, and so at the end of season one, you were left with this feeling of like, my goodness, Nothing, all of the efforts on both the bad side, whatever that is, and the good side, whoever that is, no one made any progress. You are left with that exact same feeling at the end of season two, but it is worse because now that, that, that helplessness, it extends beyond the city of Baltimore and you are watching crime, the crime rings become international. And again, nothing can stop them. Nothing can stop them. Well, I definitely. Listen, first of all, I was a, it's a great, great recap. Wow, I do I want to two all over again. That's what that was. <laughs> um, so I do good. want to. I, I do want to put a little icing on that cake, because I feel like it's important to point out that the first season started because McNulty raised up some, you know, uh, drama behind nobody investigating the Barksdale organization. That's right. Which was the catalyst behind creating the unit that the whole season was about. Mm -hmm. The first season being about the illegal drug trade. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important that we highlight that the second season was, even though the most interesting parts obviously came from street, uh, moments in the, in in the season but the second season was largely about the docks in fact yep. it was all about the docks and the other thing that's interesting is this time the whole thing started because of a window and i and i think it's important to talk about that because if the the first domino that knocked this whole thing over is because it was about Frank Sabaka. The, the, the second season was really centered around Frank Sabaka mm -hmm. and Frank Sabaka, the local church, he had donated a window that showed dock a stained glass window that showed the dock workers because that's, you know, the, it, it's a, a Polish church, I believe in, and they, you know, that's where they go. And, Frank and Valchek, who is part of the police department, 
wanted, he added a, another window made. And he also being Paul, you know, Polish wanted to have his window put up instead of Frank Sabaka's. So Valchek had the Valchek had, you know, Frank Sabaka got there first. So this whole season started because of that window. Because Valchek decided that, well, how did he even have money for the window? How did he have money to donate? And so he such a just a arbitrary so he, rude so it was yeah, personal so, it was it nothing was, it was, but it's just so amazing that because of that he's the one who got the detail put back together which allowed us to see how everything Janiah was talking about mm-hmm. is connected on a bigger scale mm-hmm. because we saw the fir- we saw the street level on in the first um season Mm -hmm. but in the second season now we get to see what is behind the street level and i felt like that's the biggest part of this season Mm -hmm. is that you see okay because of this window they have an argument valchek is in the police so now he can put a detail on frank sabaka but since they put the detail on frank sabaka now they found out or heard and saw other things that were going on which expanded the entire investigation, which then wrapped back in the street people that we saw in the in the first season. But now oh. we get to see everything that's coming yep. from outside of the country through this uh the all, channel you, of the docks. Uh, yeah, that that, that yep. channel of the docks. Mm-hmm. So, so now I, that I wasn't just, from that first make sure you tell them, bro, that that wasn't from that first detail that got put together. That first detail was Shim Sham. <laughs> no, well, 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 I mean, but ultimately that's how yeah. the, the detail. Yeah. But yes, but but I without getting into yeah. the whole painful <laughs> details. Ultimately, that's how the detail got back together. That's right. What, what it's was such the, an important so, point. So so what I'm saying is it's just crazy how if they didn't argue because Frank Sabaka was doing, like Janai said, just enough crime to, he was just letting things in through the port. That's why he didn't even know about the girls being in there. Cause he didn't mm-hmm. want to know. He just wanted to say, he just like, he just let these containers come through for, for, for money. So and, that he, he, and could, he truly wasn't using the money for any personal gain yeah, no no person 100 percent of the money that he took in through the illegal activity he was channeling through his union to lobbyists and to bribe politicians to bring legitimate work exactly. so he and wasn't also, it was really not a selfish motive in any yeah, way yeah. and he was giving that money to his workers when they yeah, giving them giving them luck. giving the money yeah. to the workers yeah because they they were down on their luck and it's just so interesting because he was so low-key Mhm. Mhm. If they never argued about this window, mm-hmm. never the, the whole season wouldn't have happened because everything was just. So I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't disagree with you, bro. But the I, I would say that the actual thing that happened, that 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 made everything become visible, was some rogue activity in the Greeks organization. If you'll recall, because remember. The only reason we became aware of the women was because they died. Uh, but listen, listen though, before the detail got back on, 
they had already closed that case with the 14 women. Because remember, when, when they first saw it, when, when uh, they first got it in, they ruled it as an accident. That's right. So, right. so, so if, if they didn't have the detail come in, and I, hope, I really hope we, we, we told a succinct story. But what I, it's what so I, hard. But, it's but, hard but, to what, summarize it all. But, but. but what I'm saying is, is with this particular point you're talking about, which the 14 women ultimately, just like you explained, died because of the, they were prostituting them on the way over. And like you said, one didn't want to be a prostitute. She got killed. They killed the rest to cover up so there's no witnesses. But what I'm saying is, is when they found those bodies, if you remember, they had already, it, they had already written it off because because mm -hmm. because so that part of the investigation wouldn't have gone anywhere. You're right. Because it, it was already the 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 reason why they got back on those bodies was because of the iteration that of the detail that we ultimately get to, like mm -hmm. what he was talking about, mm -hmm. which is the which is the real MVPs reassembled. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Daniels and, and and everybody else. Mm. And that's why and that's mm -hmm. why we got back to the. So if we didn't have Valchek put, you know, putting With things his in place, petty vendetta, then those bodies would have just been written off as, as a accident because they just said, well, something must have happened when it, the way they killed the 14 girls was they closed the, the air pipe, mm -hmm. so they which suffocated. was on top of the cane container. So they suffocated. So it's theoretical that something could have, like when they were unloading the container, something could have just, you know, hit that pipe and closed it. And that's how they wrote it off at first. Mm -hmm. But it was the detail that, you know, with McNulty went up there and looked, no, this was a hammer banging on this air well, pipe. Well, we'll see. They didn't even know about that air pipe at first. At first no, they, they knew didn't about know it. about They, knew they about didn't it. know McNulty got up there. No, no, but if 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 you if you watch the season, the lights and stuff mm -hmm. were already up there. Okay. The, yeah, the the um, you know, the crime scene. They knew about this. it, but they weren't right. they weren't they were not but concluding that it was were manual intentional exactly. intervention. Exactly. exactly. But I will the the part that before we move away from this mm -hmm. is that that no one wanted to be responsible for the death mm -hmm. of these 15 women. No or, or, be, or, or being responsible for figuring or, it out. They or or figuring it out. No one, and, not, I, and you guys, when I say they didn't want to be responsible, I mean, they were in meetings with majors and captains and all these other lieutenants and whatever, <laughs> whatever the words that are important in this type of arena, police arena, they were all, no, this is your county. No, this is your county. No, this is, the, they were literally arguing. No one wanted the accountability. And you guys, and it wasn't the fact that they didn't want to go through they didn't want to have to like go through the grueling work. They didn't want to mess up their percentages mm -hmm. of having these 14 hard cases. And just to think that human life is that unimportant that these 15 women, regardless of how they got here, their families will never know whatever happened to them because no one cared that they died. That's right. They, they just didn't want to have to deal with it. And I was just like, what is going on? Of course, we can get into a larger conversation about women and stuff like that, but I'm not going to go there because my brother doesn't like that. 
But what I am going to say, <laughs> just in terms of me going off topic, <laughs> he doesn't like when I do that. So I'm not going to go off topic. But you're doing a good job right now. We're, we're, but, but what we're, I wrapping, up the, we're wrapping up the, the recap and you're doing it. Yeah. But, but that part right there, I just wanted to really make sure that we talked about that. That no well, yeah, one wanted to do that's, 15 women. That's a good point. And the thing is, is that's another reason why it would have went away. Mm-hmm. Because totally. nobody even wanted. None you know? of the so, units. I yes, mean, it wasn't just the police. It was just yes. every every Everybody. single type of, of public authority that could have taken accountability for the case didn't want nobody. to. No one wanted to and, investigate it. Didn't and care. To Anaya's point, there was another container at the end of the show that was a container that they had found out was suspicious. They half acidly looked into it. And in that very container was the same exact thing. It was women in the back of that container. They went through like, at at, at the very end of the season, there were still women in that very last container. They were, they were helping them out. Oh, you mean, okay, well, th- what they were showing, those women came through a different, they didn't come through the port. At the, you're talking about the end montage. Yeah. Yeah, what, what they were showing there was that even though the port uh, channel was closed for them, that they just have other channels. So, so oh. those... So those I, women, I thought it was that still that mm, same container that no, they that, had looked into that had diapers on the front. That no, was that, still the same container. No, that container. That one had drugs in it. Had drugs in it. That's why they left it. That's why they, the Greek just said, we'll just cut our losses and leave. So they weren't that container that you're talking about. When Janiyah had said at the end, when the Greeks just decided to Roll out. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I just, I, I was, I, from the way I remembered it, which now I'm going to have to go back and yeah. watch it. I just remember that being the container that they had looked at earlier and were like, no, this is just whatever. But really, in all actuality, they didn't go far back like a woman did in the beginning of the season. Oh, no, they, that, mm-hmm. that was no, a different, that was a different, because they actually opened that, the, when the Greeks left, when they, when, when the Greek left, there was a container on the port that they were trying to get, you know, into the city. And um, that container, they ultimately opened it up. And remember, they found all the drugs in it. And they put the drugs back in the container, like, hopefully somebody will come and get it. But they knew nobody was going to come and get it because the, the leaders already left. But they just put the drugs back in to see if somebody will happen to come get it. But at the end, when they did the montage, they were showing that even though, Janai just said it in a great way, even though they shut down this one thing, they still have so many ways to get it. It just kept in. going. It just so, kept so, going. So that was a completely well, yeah, different. That, that that was was, a, so that was a completely different yeah. port and everything. Because yeah. when I saw it, I still had the mindset like, nothing's going to stop them. 
it's going to keep happening. But I did not know that it was a different container. It was a different container. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was the same exact container and they had not looked all the way in the back. And I was like, y'all did not even go all the way in the back? Mm -hmm. No. No, But okay, so it's different. Listen, I'm going to have to go watch our last episode again and be like, okay, okay. If you can bear the trauma. Because I think the bigger bigger point of of what what you're saying is, is that Look, even though they, you know, ultimately moved past and, and really solved the murders of the the original women, how the trafficking just kept going. You know, with like 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 and and, it, and the um even they still showed with Proposition Joe. They they were just basically show how everything they had to switch right. it up a little bit, but everything is still is still and popular. also as I'm thinking about it, this is poverty around the world when mm-hmm. it does to people. Poverty around the world will make me put myself into a container, ship myself to a whole nother land I've never been to. I don't speak the language. All I know is that my body is on point, which has actually been crafted by someone because a lot of those women were getting boob jobs and stuff like that because they had connected to a doctor back in the other country where they were coming from. Just and then bringing it to America where Frank Sabaka is just trying to make sure that his port doesn't get closed. Now I'm having dealings with someone named the Greek that won't meet me and I'm selling drugs and I don't want to do this, but I'm having to save people who need money. It's just crazy what right, well, poverty does around the that's world. A great well, let, well, point. well, let's get into let's it. Let's, yeah, in. let's get into yep. it because that's where, well, let me let me ask you guys this first. This is the first question I want to ask, and then I feel like we can directly get into what what Brittany is talking about because I think that's an important point for us mm-hmm. to talk about in 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 this in this season because that was one of the major drivers. So, but first of all, let me ask this: This is our first time watching The Wire, and generally, people who are big Wire fans. All of them say they don't like season two. So my question to you before we even get into it is, did you guys like season two? Man, you trying to ask about our container this early on? Bro? No, 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 not, not, not. The, <laughs> I'm not saying the, the, the end overall. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm uh, no, not, I'm I, just I saying, get what you're saying. I, yeah. I'll tell you my reaction, bro. If, if The Wire as a five season epic journey had started on the docks, I would have been less inclined to sign up mm. for season two. I'm gonna put it to you like that. So my, my investment in season two um, was because of how amazing season one was. Gotcha. Season, season one had um, the level, the writing, the actors, gotcha. the, 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 the way that, that um, the way that it just so beautifully encapsulated like the realities and complexities of life and poverty and 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 the struggle for power and autonomy and um and the way that it showed corruption but it took it out of this very um you know elusive kind of hard to understand atmosphere and brought it down to this is how corruption plays out in the in real life on the streets that was so well done in season one 
that season two, I had a level of buy-in before the season even started. Uh, but, but I'm going to tell you, season two couldn't, would not have been as engaging a launching point for me for this saga. And it is not that I am not as, um, you know, empathetic to this, the, this kind of poverty in the way that it was showing. It was just because, maybe it's just because I relate less personally to life on the docks. Maybe it's because like when I see, uh, you know, street level crime in black communities, it is something that I have seen that I understand and that is more familiar to me. I don't know. But I, I, I felt less personally connected to season two. And so, bro, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been along for the ride if they had started the wire the saga on the docks. But what that said, I mean, I, I, I still took a ton away from season two. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I, I was so engaged in season two that I wouldn't have been as engaged if it had been the first. If season it was the show. first season, I don't think so. Ah, uh, okay. I can what see. I can you? see that. I enjoy season two. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, there was people like, oh, it's gonna be more white people or something like that, and. I didn't really understand what people were talking about when I was watching it. I was like, I just really thought it was a different perspective of the same, same city. Yep. You know what I mean? Just a different part of the city. And so I guess because I watch so many things, I try to have a different perspective when I'm walking into something, especially if I've been warned about it. So, bro, you told us how season one is like the streets and season two is like the docks. And then we're going to get into politics and education and one other thing I can think of the last one. But um, and so I'm um, media. Media. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I guess in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. We're about to see. It's almost like watching the same, like those movies that will show you the same scene over, but was just from a, a different, different perspective, perspective yeah, yeah, of yeah, this yeah, scene. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking to myself, all oh, snap, how are we going to find out this different perspective of the Barksdale organization, the docs, and then just seeing how all of that played out. So I enjoyed it. Like I, and sometimes I feel bad when people be like, oh my God, it was like how, you know, we talked about Star Wars, no one liked the little fur bears. I was like, the maybe Ewoks. this is how nobody, the, Ewoks, the Ewoks. Thank you. The no one likes bears, the Ewoks. Fur bears. You listen, lost credibility immediately in your listen. Sentence. Listen. You know, I have, a, I have a question. <laughs> I have. A, I, I um. Please stop saying fur bears. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> well, so, but that that sense would be. I thought that it would just be Brittany. You're about to be different again, where you're mm. enjoying something that no one else enjoys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is, so it, I, fur, is it fur bears all over is, again? Is it fur bears all? Uh, so <laughs> I, I would love for us to 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 talk a little bit more. We've already started to introduce his story, the story of Sabaka, okay, mm. the head of this union. Because all right, last season we learned about the Barksdales, right? And this was a family we understood that had been, you know, started. They started, they started from the bottom, and and they had been as a family history a drug a drug uh organization family, a drug mm -hmm. organization and now this was just such interesting insight the sabatka family they had been for generations members of unions 
that had been organizing and having leadership roles for people who were doing this kind of blue collar activity. Okay. And, um, you know, and it was just the way that they had pride in their union and the way that they had pride in community and pride in family. It, it was just, it was the exact same song that we heard sung in the first, in the first season of this is bigger than us. This is bigger than me. We have a, a legacy that we have to champion here. And there are people that are relying on us. I just thought that was such an interesting set of parallels. So uh, I, go ahead, bro. No, I'm just saying that I love, first of all, I love that uh, about this season because mm -hmm. here's the thing, which this piggybacks directly off of what Brittany was just talking about. Because Frank Sabaka is one of the most um, noble mm -hmm. people in, its, in the sense of his intention. I agree. What, what, what he's working to do, okay? Like, because we generally said he's looking to bring more work in. But specifically, his goal was to get the canal dredged, mm -hmm. which meant that it would be deeper so that they could get more ships into the dock for people to work. If it, so everything he was doing- Everything. Was trying to get this one particular thing done. But because of his level of integrity, he actually went so far the other way with what actually happened. Because look, drugs, it's all bad but I feel like human trafficking is a special kind of bad. You know, like when, when you're, I mean, when you think about, they shipped people, like, like, like they were a commodity. And even when they found out they were dead, the first thing the Greeks said was, what's that, 14, 250,000, a year for the next four, you know, and like he worked, and he worked out he, the math of his how much money he lost was, some product, not even anything about that. These girls were dead. Mm -hmm. It was his money. <laughs> and the thing is, is that when you see those, it's just such a great illustration of how people with good intentions can end up in the worst places mm -hmm. because yeah. he didn't ask. Because he didn't know that there was, was girls in there, but he didn't ask. He didn't know what, you know. So um, seeing that side of it and how it plays out pretty much the same way because with him trying to do all he could do to get this extra work coming in, you see the, um, I forget which one of you said this, but you see the, the um, how all of them are being pushed into poverty on these docks. So when they're pushed into poverty, a lot of them resort to the same things because another part of Frank Sabaka's family who, I mean, we didn't even get into this, but uh, he has a son, Ziggy, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And oh gosh, he I, has, my head immediately started to hurt. Yeah, yeah, my and, head immediately but, what, what, started to hurt. But I wanted to talk about his, <laughs> his nephew who, you see the similarities 
of the personality types in both of these poverty-stricken situations. Because you got people like Mickey, who is Frank Sabaka's son, a nephew, nephew. So Frank Sabaka has a son named Ziggy and a nephew named uh, Nick, and they grew up together, right? So Mickey is the smarter of the two. So he's not lazy, he's ready to work, but there's just no work. And so he ends up ultimately selling drugs, just like people on it, it, the first season in the, you know, black projects. It's like- There's no just, other options. There's no other options. There, yeah. listen, it, it, was, it was literally, I mean, we watched, and it was the exact same thing we talked about with season one. With season one, we were watching people with so much potential yeah. to be successful in, in, in whatever way they were deployed in life. Right. But the options that they had available were not options that were going to get them anywhere except so we were watching Nikki. Let me just say, if Nikki had been in our family, Nikki would have gone to college. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki would have gone to graduate school. Nikki probably would be like a head of a Fortune 500 company. Who yeah. knows? Because Nikki, he, but the options that he had available, the his most as as resourceful as he could be was to start to do illegal activities to try to keep his family afloat. It was literally his best option. Go just just wanting to work his his nine to five was it was a losing proposition. It was a losing proposition. So anyway, we saw that in season one and we saw it again here. It was truly mm -hmm. just a lack of power, lack of access, lack of opportunity. And and then that really just makes you uh, basically primed to be victimized by systems. And that's what ended over up happening. Over and over. You know? Over and over. So and, what, about, what, what about Ziggy? <laughs> let, me, let me start off. Let me start off. Okay. Let me start off here. If anybody needed their ass whooped, Ziggy uh, needed to be put over my lap with him. my belt. And I just wanted... Here's the thing. This is where you get into the nuance of characters. Ziggy was a result of his surroundings. He Ziggy's was. father, who was Frank Sabaka, was not being a father to Ziggy. He was worried about Frank Sabaka was so worried about dredging up the canal. He was under pressure. And getting that union together that he did not pay attention to Ziggy. I do believe that Frank Sabaka, Sabaka put Ziggy off onto his cousin Nikki because when Ziggy did end up murdering one man and, and injuring another young man he said to Nikki where were you you're his cousin and Nikki said to him you're his, his father. father don't so there is this there is this dynamic that you finally and for Frank it clicks like it I've, been, I've been caring about the wrong thing and now my son is an alcoholic he bought a pet duck for attention. He is the smallest, scrawniest thing out on these docks. They pick on him all the time. He is down all the time. He's always the victim. He has this sense of wanting to do and be more important and do more, but because Ziggy has not been taught how to be a leader, to be more, to do, excuse me, to do more. Ziggy is not good at anything. He's not good at anything but running his mouth. 
And so you see in the end, Ziggy is depressed. Ziggy is depressed and he ends up doing the murders, as I stated, and he goes to jail. And Ziggy is not in any kind of jail, okay? Ziggy, with his little scrawny self, is in this jail with these big, actually bad people that are like... Quote-unquote bad people. Quote-unquote bad people, right? Who are actually probably from other devastated situations if we got into their stories. But he is in this situation, and Ziggy, you've never been raised how you how your actions would have allowed you to be, would, would allow you to be placed. And so while Ziggy frustrated me the whole season, being friends with black people and then using the N word when they weren't around, being undisciplined, not just going along with the plan like he's supposed to, just messing things up. I being also see that being disrespectful. You know, you I also noticed that Ziggy is a product of also having a mother who was, I believe she was either on drugs or was an alcoholic. So neither of his parents were truly in his life. So this doesn't excuse him for becoming the type of person that he was. But what I am saying is that I felt a little bit bad for him when I started learning more about his story. He was still needed some help. <laughs> he still needed to That's be how off slapped and all those different things but yeah that's how i felt about him my 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 experience of nikki i mean of course he was super annoying because he befuddled of everything okay he befuddled you talk about ziggy right of ziggy yeah yeah okay so i was annoyed by ziggy of course because he was an annoying person but more than that i thought it was it so we know that people who have uh less income have less access to things like mental health support and i just i looked at i just pitied nikki i pitied him the whole time because he ziggy i'm sorry i (laughs) i pitied ziggy the entire time because he clearly needed mental health support and there were a ton of things a long time ago yeah, we learned, as Brittany said, we learned he, so it was, if we just compare Ziggy Zabaka's son to Nikki Zabaka's nephew, we know that Ziggy came from a broken home. I hate that phrase, but yeah. a broken home. Nikki's parents were together. We know that Frank Zabaka was not paying attention to Ziggy because he was trying to hold down the whole union and the whole community. And we know that that Nikki's father had actually started to sacrifice himself less for the larger union. And he had, he had made an intentional step um, during Nikki's formative years to step back from union leadership, et cetera, to be more invested in his family. And so we see that from a nurturing standpoint, they had very different experiences. But I think the real difference between Ziggy and Nikki was that you know, I think Ziggy was le- legitimately unbalanced. Yeah. And I think he needed mental health support. And that is just another thing that plays out in low-income communities. Well, you know, it's, you it's start to a- say he's the, he's, the, he's the silly guy oh, that brought true. a duck into the bar. But really what you need to be saying is that guy brought, he a, brought duck a duck <laughs> into the bar. He needed help. 
I guess with is what the I mean. diamond necklace on the duck. Totally. Uh, I mean, yeah, I diamond mean, necklace. That, we sometimes like, we, we call people eccentric who actually yeah. need mental health support is what yeah. I'm saying. That, you know, is so interesting that I've, I've watched, this is, this is the probably fourth or fifth time I've watched The Wire. And that I've never, I've never thought about Ziggy in that way. And that's mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. I think it might even been intentional mm-hmm. because he is somebody who has, he was either bipolar something. or something, excuse me, he had something diagnosable. Totally. And, um, he was legitimately depressed, I think. I yeah. mean, he needed he needed help. He yeah. needed support. Yeah. There was no amount of a father paying attention to him that I think would have been enough. But the father paying attention may number one, have, have noticed it. But number two, even in this situation where we're talking about, it wouldn't matter because you know, what could they what could they have done? Mm-hmm. But um, do you guys got notes? I, I would I because I'm gonna tell you. Watching your texts, both of you, while you were going through the season, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to if you got little notes and stuff you want to talk about. Well, I those. think that we do need to talk a lot about get back into how the team got together. Um, they got back together because it was almost as if you were watching the Avengers <laughs> be called, be called. To, to come together like there was a bat signal or something and like they were all coming together um Valchek's nephew excuse me Valchek's um son-in-law mm-hmm. was the one we know from last season I don't know his name on the show um the son-in-law's name but he is was part of it starts Valchek's- with a P Presbaluski. Thank you. Presbaluski. Mm-hmm. was put over this shim sham detail that was created to capture Frank Sabaka. And when we say shim sham, well, he, wasn't, have- he wasn't put over it. He wasn't put over it. The the um <laughs> remember the guy who was watching TV. He was the one who was running it. Because <laughs> because. Presbo uh, came up to him and was asking him basically, like, do you want me to do something? And he was like, oh. He was like, um, I, I don't know. Re- Why am I not remembering certain parts of this new show like this? Because I remember them saying, he was like, at dinner, like, Presbolewski, no, you're going to do this. You're yeah, going to be over he, this. I thought then you're Pres- about to be on this. Then you're about to be this. And then you're about to do that. I and thought then, he did. I thought Presbolski was the head of the original. No, he was not. Okay. If you, if you were, he, the guy who was in charge of, I mean, he's so irrelevant that we don't remember his name. But if you can remember the scene, because, you know, Presbo wanted to get back. In, okay, let's 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 recap this one part. What Brittany is talking about is after the window incident, and uh, when Frank Sabaka ever, you know refused to let his window get replaced or whatever. Right. They know that's, that's what, what that's, I'm talking about. Yeah. So when Valchek put this, put the detail together to uh, um, investigate uh, Sabaka, the first detail that got put together was a detail of just not good cops. You know, like these, right. these were. Did you just repeat everything I just said? No, I'm 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 recap I'm recapping it so it all it, it all mm-hmm. goes together. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when 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 that happened, one of the people that um 
uh, Valachek got was supposed to be a good leader from another department, but he wasn't really. And that was the one who was running it. And uh, President Lewski was supposed to be doing the same thing he was doing with this new um, detail, but he couldn't do it because when he was talking to the guy, like, what do you want me to do? He wouldn't give him any, <laughs> any direction. And that was a, also another interesting political part of the season because the reason why um, Valchek got this sub, you know, horrible detail. Yeah, this, this horrible detail was because was because the uh, Burrell, who's the you know the um, what do you call it? The not the, the head. Listen, all those titles confuse me. Is it commissioner? The they yeah, commissioner. All... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so Burrell, so Burrell, Burrell was basically trying to act like. Yeah, I'm I'm listening, to, but he knew Valchek was on some BS, you know. So he just gave him a detail to say he gave him a detail. And after that, when Valchek realized what was going on, that's when he went back to Burrell to get, like Brittany said, the Avengers put back together. Like, look, <laughs> no, I want I want Daniels, I want, you know, the whole his whole crew because they get results, you know what I mean, and that, and I want results on this dude, uh, uh, Sabaka. But um, yeah, man. But I, I'll say that seeing them to get together, that I feel like that was a good description because mm -hmm. it was a feeling of seeing like superheroes get back together or whatever. Because they had really they was. so strategically dispersed them into so many different arenas, um in the and at the end of season one so it was like well what is season two about to look like they're all in different parts they had daniels in the what was it the evidence supply or the, the evidence, the evidence. Locker. I was like, <laughs> this is someone who's who's can take the bar right now like that's right is he in the evidence locker yeah, he's like in the I evidence just, locker kimba was on a desk on a desk, he was knowing that she was, he was on the, wa somebody on the water. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, sis. I was. I was going to segue. Go ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. So, but just to see each one of them come back together. Yeah. yeah that was and fun. Looking how none of them have changed. Like Presbolewski was ready to be told what to do. I can do it. Let me do it. Then you got the two, the the two little rogue cops. I don't know how these two keep coming back in here. Them two get on my last nerve. They are so, they're they're upset because I don't think they're taking it seriously. But you're even lucky that you're let back in this because Daniels know you two stole the last time the two were two, you two were together. You you're you're keeping things. You're keeping money. So you watch to watch them two in some ways almost even mess up this investigation. Herc, Herc and Ellis. Herc and Herc Ellis. And Ellis. You watch them arguing over something and they're not paying attention to uh, watching where the Greeks take, where they take the, the containers. And there's a key person leaving the scene in a car. And I was just mm -hmm. like, are you serious right now? Like, I just wanted... If anything, if there was a, a ranking of people I wanted to give a good whooping to, 
those two were first on the list and then was Ziggy. Because that was, I was so realistic like, though. It's so realistic. Wait, because but, but, but you, I you feel like <laughs> every team, every team has a couple people that are a whack attack. But, I just but feel you, like that. But you know what's so interesting about those two um, is that in this Carver, that Carver, it's Herc and Carver. Carver? Yeah. Okay. Hercules. I don't even and think Tim, it's Ellis, but it's like, but, but but it's Her- Herky Carver. <laughs> oh, his name is Ellis Carver. I don't, I don't remember his first name. So yeah, so Ellis Carver, okay. But um, Herky Carver. Yeah, Herky Carver. But what's crazy about it is I don't know. They also want to act offended <laughs> when people treat yes. them like they're not on point. It's so. It makes me so mad. And that's so real life. Stupid. It's so, so real life. It's so real life. Like yes. if, you, if you've ever worked in anywhere. Office, in anywhere. Yeah. If you ever worked in an office situation or anywhere, like you said, there are always people who want to play the victim. And it's like, but actually, yeah, you were arguing over French fries and Sparrows drove right out in front of you and you didn't even see. Yeah. You missed that whole that thing. That whole thing. Who, who is so the number crazy. two? Who and Spiros is the number two in this in the Greek under organization. The Greek. Yeah, uh, and 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 they missed them arguing over French fries. <laughs> Y'all, I they just the- wanted to go through the television so bad and slap them both. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? <laughs> and it, it's actually as you two were both if, as we were just talking about Herc and Carver, I started to realize that we don't really have a ton of insight into their lives outside of them pretty much being screw-ups in the police force, right? We don't really have much insight into them. Um, And uh, so, you know, another topic, bro, you were talking about um, what do we have in our notes? One of the things that- Yeah, because if you don't start giving me your notes, I'm going to give you mine. And I've been dying to hear y'all's notes. Okay. I'm just like, I feel I like we've been dying. talking about notes this whole time. No, 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 no. I'm, but I'm saying, I want to hear about, I guess you, your texts were so entertaining <laughs> oh. to me this time. Well, listen, and, and I can I'm just get saying, into them texts. Let's go. But, the- and I'm just saying, I was interested to hear your notes from the, the things that made those texts. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You know, you go, go ahead, sis. I'll go. And you know, one of the thing, one of the things that, um, and again, this is why this show is just so good. Um, you know, one of the things that I think they do such a good job of doing is kind of showing the impact of these professional choices on the personal lives of people and the way that their personal lives are impacting their professional choices. And that interplay, because guess what? That's real life, you oh know? And so as we were watching the Avengers come back together, so if you just kind of run down the list, so think about like Daniels, for example, yes. Daniels, number one, he, Which, wait a minute. We got a chance to see Daniels with no shirt on. And I was like, okay, gym. You was in the gym while you was in that evidence locker. You was in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, how is he sleeping in a separate room right now? Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. You just got to hit him. Yeah, don't, don't, don't let him. But I was surprised. 
that, I was expecting y'all to say something about that. I was expecting y'all to say something about that. Well, it had to be you said. Didn't it it had because I was shocked. I I couldn't text. I, I lost my I lost my focus. <laughs> you know, uh, but I said that's exactly. But how talk you, about it, Janelle. Talk about talk about wellness. how they got there. So, the um, yeah, yeah. So, has <laughs> folks on wellness. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, uh, Daniels, Daniels, you know, he found himself in the evidence locker again. There, there was so much punishment that had been mm. doled out to so the Avengers because of the fact that they were ge- they were doing genuine and real police work in season one. And they one. started following the money. And they started following one. the money. And the, you don't so follow the, the money. Don't, don't do you it. do it. Don't, don't do you it. do it. And the powers that be said, oh. You want to investigate? <laughs> you can go investigate Daniels. Go investigate the crevices in the in the evidence the evidence locker. basement. And let me just make a quick tangent about the evidence locker, real quick. I know we're not on that right now, but the the, the conditions, you know, horrible. I mean, there there's so much that we saw in both season one and season two about the antiquated nature of the way that the police work is being done. We're talking about typewriters in 2002 and 2003. Why are you still using a typewriter? Number one, they're using these awful forms. The evidence locker, it is a mess. Things are in bags and you can't, it's not logged incorrectly. It is just so disorganized. And the fact that we are looking to these systems to be the places where justice is like held and facilitated and they are awful from a systems perspective. So, and, I, and that's I love that the show let us see that. Let us see how antiquated the systems and the infrastructure. I mean, frankly, they were keeping the tally of the cases. The case um, assignments were on a whiteboard uh, on the wall. I mean, really? You're, you're literally they making... Jane Doe, one, two, three, four. I mean, I could have walked by with my elbow and change the official record because the official record was living on a white. Anyway, it was just the systems were awful. Um, but anyway, so what I was going to say was Daniels, um, because of this uh, demotion that he had experienced, he and his wife had been having some serious conversations and his wife was saying to him, listen, you are not set up for success. And she was saying to him, you're not thriving in this department. They're not going to let you win. And so you've been to law school. And it's time for us to now wrap this season of your journey, okay? And you need to move on. And so they had made a they had made a decision and based again wanting to have personal progression and safety in his life and in his and, and to have some sense of professional actualization. He had made the choice with his wife. He had made the decision to to go to law school and go go be a lawyer. He was gonna he was gonna leave the police force. And in fact, he had 20 years already. He was putting in his paperwork. And he was he was heading on out. 22. He, 22 years. He was heading on out when he got essentially this opportunity to be a part of um this 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 vendetta detail that Valchek was putting together to investigate Sabaka. And so we got to see how his decision to continue to work with the police force, how that impacted his, his, his personal life. And, and frankly, it created a ton of strain between him and his wife. And it was the same thing for Kima. Kima. Well, well before, before we get off of Daniels and his mm-hmm. wife, um, this was an interesting dynamic for me because, mm-hmm. 
you all know who I, how I am. And I understand Daniel's wanting no, to be. We don't know how you are. <laughs> Explain. Well, you know, Brittany, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with a lot of your attitude that you're having today <laughs> off camera because I'm trying to remain professional and, and, and you know, you're stretch, stretching, but I'm going to stick, stick to it. But what I'm saying is, is that like at first, at first glance, when you look at it, when you look at it, especially from uh, like a male perspective or whatever, you're like, you know, he doesn't want to be in an office. He wants to be, uh, you know, out, out doing his thing. He wants to be fighting the, the dirty crime. But I'm gonna tell you what, man, like when you hear their conversations though, and I felt like it was so great how they did it because we didn't see their whole marriage, but I got a feel for their marriage based on how they did the conversations. And the way their conversations is, is that, cause what she said was, I forget what he said. He loves how she always tells him the right thing to do or something like that. But she said, I fell in love with you because of your ambition. And which gives you a picture of when they started this marriage, they seemed like they had a plan. You know what I mean? Which was not you being in the streets 22 years from now. You know, like that wasn't part of the plan. And it's like, even though I respect Daniels for ultimately knowing himself and doing, you know, what what he felt like he had to do. I get what she's saying too, man, because like, we said, you know, I could see making a plan with somebody and, and like, you know, you're going way off the plan, buddy. You are going way off the plan. And as a matter of fact, I tolerated not being on plan for decades. So now you said we were back on the same page and now you're doing the literal exact opposite of what we talked about. So it was another one of those situations mm-hmm. that the wire. That's why had you so gotta much, sleep on a twin mattress. Which which I can see. <laughs> I think it was a day bed. It didn't it was, even look like a twin. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. That's why you was in that little baby room yeah, yeah, it was, it without television. television. It, it, looked like, it looked like he had to sleep with his knees up like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, it was it was one of those things where, you know, we talked about this last about when we recapped last season. Daniels, he had always been prioritizing progression. And so the way that he was making decisions in season one, it was because he was making decisions to move up the chain in the police force. And so even his decision to not leave and to take the detail in season two was because he was promised positioning for progression. And he was smart enough to, to get that promise clearly made before he signed back up to go back into that journey. And so- it So was, it sounds like you're a little more on his side. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the, the wife just wanted him to be set up for success. And he was in a situation where he was beating his head against a wall in that police force. Mm-hmm. And I could just see the wife saying, listen, you know, if there's no path to progression here, then you are being a hypocrite because I know that you're a person that wants, right. I know that you are a person that's committed to progression 
and you're not going to be able to get the progression you want. And so when he took the detail with the guarantee of progression, I understood the wife as being skeptical because there was nothing in recent history in his experience that would have so given true. her a reason to believe that his the trajectory mm, that he had mm -hmm. had early on right. could continue. He That's had been true. making positive progress for 22 years until he met McNulty and the crew, right? Like until he got on, until he got on the bad foot, he was making positive progress. And so she just and felt like, listen, we have rode this horse as long as we can. It's time to get on the next horse so we can keep moving. You know, because you could just tell that whatever her professional grind is, she's on it. You know, she's making progression. And so she's just saying, you need to hold up your end of the deal. So I felt like he, I, 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 what, I, I don't even like to think about it as sides, but yeah, I, yeah, think yeah, that, exactly. I think that he had, he had belief in the deal that he had brokered. But he she believed, was justified in not believing. Totally, gotcha. totally, totally, <laughs> because he had just been, he had just been put on the piss list. And they were getting a sense of what happens when you're on the piss list with these folks. And so but, um, I, I, anyway, I, 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 I agree with you. I saw both sides of it. I, I, I will yeah. just tell you my personal, my personal feeling though, is that, um, that their marriage to me, it seemed like the most real friendship and marriage that we saw. You know, it just, to me, this looked like two people that had known each other for decades, you know, and had just, they had a plan, you know, and because they had a level of realness in their conversations that to me, I think that lady should have won some awards. You know, I don't know. Yeah, if I mean, it was, it was so, it was, it was very, it was, it was their it dynamic. Was, it was just so real. It was so authentic. That, that dynamic. That's the between, word. Between the two it was them. so authentic. It, now, this goes perfectly into what you were talking. And it, it was interesting because you were about to talk about Kima. Yeah. And what, yeah. what the way they did, and they very rarely do these kind of camera tricks, but it was so, that scene where Daniels, they superimposed Daniels talking to his wife over Kima talking to her wife. They were both talking to their spouses about, getting back in, in the streets, basically, in, in its detail. And, but the thing with Kima and her wife, though, I don't Not have as much, I don't have as much sympathy for Kima's wife because I feel like their relationship was, was pretty young based on how they showed it. And Kima was who she was when they started. Yeah. And, and that, I don't like, I, I don't like it. Like, like when I show you who I am yeah. in the beginning, you can't get mad when you're trying to change me, especially like I'm trying to change. I'm sitting at the desk, but I'm miserable. I but, am miserable. And, but that, that's why Kima, in my opinion, was just as wrong because, because for you to pretend that you could be someone other than who you are to try to keep your relationship, you're you're not setting yourself up for success, and you're certainly not setting your relationship up for success. I can, I can, so I can, I, can, I, can I was agree mad. With that. I was mad at Kima's wife for trying to box her in, to try for trying to box Kima into this this lifestyle that clearly was foreign to Kima and was not going to be a good fit. Kima at a desk, I don't think so. But at the same time, Kima accepted those terms. 
you know? And so it's like, they both were wrong. I think they both were wrong. Kima knew I agree. there's I no agree. way she could have sustained that. I agree. I just you have. Know? I was trying to remember Brittany's <laughs> text about Kima. And, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, have, Kima, I was Kima trying to go through in... the Texas for Brittany. Kima not being <laughs> There are dude. so, like. <laughs> because Brittany <laughs> is not. <laughs> Kima, Brittany not happy about this baby. That was when Brittany's texts were back. Brittany's texts were about, about Kima. It, it was a couple of things. It was Kima not being really excited about trying to even be on this desk life as a police officer. But also, it was she wasn't really taking well to, to the, the prospect of being a parent. It's, I think, when I think about Kima as well, um, and her wife's dynamic, I just think about the fact that she literally saw Kima in the hospital. Almost Are dead. you alive right now? Almost like dead. I am about to lose my best friend, the love of my life. And now you're telling me that you're about to go back out here and I have a child in my stomach. I'm very confused and I'm very concerned. But on the other part of that, as you was, was always, saying, yeah, that was her job. That right, and the, but the other part of that is, I think sometimes we look at people like Kima's wife, and we can quickly say they're trying to change them. Because I feel like Kima's wife is very intelligent, I believe she herself voiced what she wanted the future to look like, and Kima, on some part, agreed to that at some I, I at, think so. at some point. I well, yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 the wife was like, okay, so we at that point now. But, but so but, I'm gonna need you to, and, and also Kima was in school, so apparently Kima was looking to do something else that was not what she's currently doing. That's the other I, part of it. I I definitely um, see what both of y'all are are saying, and I think that their relationship rings true as well. Yeah. From this perspective, because Kima, even though, like, we're not talking about kids here. Both both of these people seem like they, you know, are less, what, 30s, you think, around there? Like, yeah. like early 30s. Like and, and, and what I'm saying is, there's a point when you have to learn that I'm not going to be able to, you know, get this this person i'm not gonna be able to change this person but the thing is is that even if you are trying to that person might want to go along with the plan because in their head on paper it makes sense yeah but when you are an adult you got to start recognizing that look i know you might think on paper this makes sense but the reality is is when we when you came conscious the f the first your re only regret was you didn't put enough tape on the gun mm. <laughs> that was that was your regret yeah before you before you said anything else so it's like and that was before she was pregnant so it's like this is who it, she is in, in that situation i mean even if i i'm just saying like i feel like Ooh. in the beginning <laughs> of in the beginning of daniels and, and his wife that they were both completely on the same page. 
Yeah. Like, like I don't even think it was Daniel was fronting, but I think in the beginning of Kima and, and her wife's relationship, Kima was who she was, but she, but she was also agreeing to this plan. <clears throat> but I think anybody with any level of perception could have realized that Kima is not no house guy. Like everybody knows. Like anybody who talks about it. Bro, it, but bro. the other part, but one thing I do want to say about Daniels and his wife is that um, um so ambition, when you're marrying someone who is ambitious, you even if they had a plan <laughs> at the beginning, you're marrying someone who is looking for the next thing that is going to get them quickly to where they want to be. And so even if they had a plan that this is what we're going to do, I'm thinking of, you can't be too thrown off that Daniels has created and set his own terms. So in his mind, he's going to be able to get to a place that he wants to be in power. Well, and she, he's she, going to get her quicker than maybe taking the bar. And it's going to be more enjoyable to me well, she, than she, being she someone's get, lawyer. But she gave him 22 years. But he was making progress for 22 mm -hmm. years. Right. He that was, was making progress. He hit that, a ceiling. That path had been paying off. It was, he, had just in, it, he had just started to be set up for failure. You have to I mean, remember. Like, he, listen, listen, he listen. Was, he was on the Because he's a lieutenant. Totally. He was He's on his path until he, until he got linked up with McNulty and crew, you know, and to where I, he had to use his, his integrity. Lieutenant just beat. doesn't feel like. I mean, I don't know what that means. I know he doesn't have yeah, one of his police clothes. No, I know that. He was, he so it's was, like, he was moving he, through the ranks. Yeah. He's talking to Rawls about I'm, decisions. I know like that, he but, I and Rawls was lieutenant after one over 22 him. Years, I, 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 it's messy, just like we're having this conversation right now. It, it, it's messy, but well, but I'm just but, saying, I'm just. But saying. I think that that's also bringing in that topic of marriage. Like, I think that that's part of marriage. Like, who you're marrying is not who you are married to ten years later. Like, it's a very people Ooh. change, sis. You and just, so it's like, but but do so they. who she married twenty two or but do they? Or do you now do parts of their who they really are really become concrete and actualized? Because this is something we should never marry people for potential. So if you guys had a plan, that's still a potential plan. That's not a actually what's happening. So and Brent, you that. just you just segued right to McNulty and his wife. Mm. Because this is a relationship. Uh a hot mess. Okay. <laughs> I just had to say that out loud. Well, well, <laughs> But, but I mean, you have, you have Kima and her wife where we have Kima and her wife. They are both in some form of denial about who Kima is as a person, right? <laughs> and then so, we see- I So much you, I denial. Think just, I think you just summarized the last <laughs> seven minutes. So much with denial. One, with and, one so, and then we see McNulty and his wife and you can tell that they had a period of time where perhaps they were in some shared denial, but that wife, oh, she's over it. 
She's done. She has now said, McNulty, I see you for who he are, who you are. And it's so funny because we watch him for about 10 to 15 minutes go into a level of denial about who he is. He oh, says gosh. to himself, I'm turn over a new leaf. He's like, that's my I last night of try us again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer a binge drinker and a womanizer as of today because I declare it to be so. I am ready to get back to my wife and my kids. And that wife is like, no, sir, I know you very well. You are who you are. And, um, and I think it's so, it's, it's, it's so interesting yeah, because interesting. he was who he was. And yeah. we all know that it's so easy to be delusional and to believe so for a few minutes that you're someone else. Well, but, most, but most, most people have who they think they are and who they are. But (laughs) most times that is not the same thing. Like most people, very few people are in touch with who they actually are, (laughs) which, which, which sabotages any relationship you're in right from the beginning. Cause you you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. it It takes work to get there. Y'all, can I tell you something? I wish that I had thought of, I just had a thought that I wish I had thought of in advance because I would have made a PowerPoint slide because I feel like, (laughs) and I want to let you all know that I contemplated doing it right now real quick, but I said, you know what? Let me not do that because (laughs) I wouldn't have been surprised. But what I just realized is that we had a chance to see a relationship continuum play out in this show. So I was just thinking about Nikki and his girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. So Nikki and his girlfriend, they were at that point in the beginning of the relationship. They have a child and Nikki's girlfriend, what is she doing? She's sitting there seeing all of the potential in their future, right? And Nikki, Nikki is, he's feeling the pressure because he also sees the potential. Right. And so he wants so bad to do right. And he wants so badly. All he wants to do. And it's so funny because their dreams are not caviar. Their dreams are like a townhouse. (laughs) You know, they're like, we just want to get a townhouse and like have a steady income and like be together and give our daughter positive life outcomes. Like that's all they want. It's like, that's it. Can I jump off of you real quick? Please. Because this, what this, that part put in a whole nother aspect of Baltimore, which is crazy that they showed, because I got to witness this happening as a, as a loan officer, but that house that they were looking at, Nikki and his girlfriend, um, uh, Frank Sabarka's nephew and his girlfriend were looking at a house that used to be one of their families. <laughs> His houses. grandma's house. The, the, it, it, it was grandma. That's it. I, it was, I was thinking. It was oh, his grandma's it was grandma. house. Okay. So his grandma's house. <clears throat> and uh, it probably cost $35,000 when she bought it. And the thing about it is, sisters, that is exactly how it is in Baltimore. They will put some new hardwood floors in these small row houses and they will charge. $350,000 for them. And just think about, I mean, it just plays in so well with what you were talking about. Like their perspective is 
okay, I want this house and it's somebody in my family owned it. So obviously we'll be able to own it because, you know, it's the same house. I mean, so we'll, it was only four years ago it got sold. So it can't be that. But if you think when they went to go look at that house and they saw the price, you just saw how that pressure of the expectation that Janai is talking about elevated a couple of notches right then. Because it's like, yo, getting this house is not going to be nearly as simple as I thought about, which pushes us down some paths where maybe 10 years from now we'll be having the same conversations. And it, and, and it was so Crazy. interesting to watch gentrification because when you just think of gentrification, you just think of it as white people impacting people mm -hmm. of color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what it really is, is it's really about economics. Yeah. yeah. And it's so this high was income a versus low there income. There you go. And yeah. it was so funny how um, in that exchange, even the name of the neighborhood had changed. Do y'all remember yeah. that? Yep. Yep. The name of the they, neighborhood but, but, had changed. But it, but it was just changed because they said it was changed. Exactly. Like it, 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 no, it was it nothing no. that happened. They were just like, yeah, this is what it's called now. Like, and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Here That's we have a we have a neighborhood here in Pittsburgh that was always been East Liberty. Now people are just really calling it the East Side. All right, here Since we go. Since when? But but that well, I, I, I'm gonna tell you we, we, that we happened. Whole, we, we, could right. whole, we could do a whole podcast on that because Pittsburgh on gentrification. Oh my God, my neighborhood I, I, I live not, in. I, okay, all right. I, we're I not even gonna get it. Okay, into, you're right. We're, you're we're right. Topic. Gentrification, the podcast coming soon. <laughs> Gentrification yeah. in your neighborhood. All right. Here's a couple things I want to hear about. What did y'all think about Bodie not knowing how radio stations work? Who's Bodie? Bodie Broadus. The which one? Light skin. The 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 light skin drug dealer on. Stringers, you were texting me about him when Stringer was testing him, and he said that. Oh, uh, the little young one. Yes, y'all see, I don't know characters. I described him, but as soon as you said the little light skin one, I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. But Brittany, <laughs> my sister has some very Brittany. I'm talking about has some very um, separate sides of her personality. One, one of these sides that we talk about is the extremely loving side, it's which we see most often. Now I know the other sides because I'm not gonna bring them up, but I know because I'm your brother. But you anyway. <laughs> but it was so funny because at one point Stringer Bell, who we all know who he is, he was giving Bodie, Bo he sent Bodie and you know, some people on a drug run. And one of the things they had to do was write down the mileage of where they were supposed to go so that Stringer could line it up and say, look, you went exactly where you were supposed to go. And what happened is, is when they got back, long story short, they couldn't find the drugs. And when they got back, Stringer was going over the mileage and Bodie was three-fourths of a mile off. Bro, and Brittany was, Brittany was like, Oh, Stringer, don't be so hard on him. It's so <laughs> Y'all, I was like, if he gets in trouble because of this three-fourths of a <laughs> mile, 
All of us would be so we, we know what? I think we should screen print some of Britney's things <laughs> to share because they're just so good. We Listen, are going to start doing that going forward. But, but I, I wanted to show you why I did just go ahead and make the PowerPoint really quickly. Um, oh so <laughs> I had to do it. I just did it really quick. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you are I just literally wanted to getting, you're literally getting an autistic <laughs> into the three of us. I okay, go, 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 go ahead and explain it. Break because it down. Bro, bro, your green screen is messing up, bro. Oh, hold on. You're I think starting, you're not messing up. You're starting up. to look like Mess Baltimore. Oh, did yeah. I mess it up with my screen share? Oh, okay, okay. We'll go back. There okay. it is. Yeah. So the point I was making was <laughs> it's still up. It's still up. It's still the up point right I was making was the that screen share Nikki, is still up. I know. I'm describing okay. it now. Yeah. Break so it down. Nikki, yeah. So Nikki and his girlfriend—they're really at the beginning of this relationship life cycle, right? And this is where they're full of hope. They're full of potential. And right now they're in this dreaming phase. And you know that Daniels and McNulty had that phase with their wives, right? Like we know that, right? This is how it starts. It starts with the dreaming and the belief, okay? And then you get to the place where Kima and her wife are, where it's like, listen, we're at a pivotal decision-making point right now. We've got a child on the way and we could choose denial Okay, or we can choose reality, okay, and own who we are, okay? I feel like Daniels and his wife have taken the reality path. I feel like to this point, they, they have been saying, they have been saying, you know what? We can make this work if we hold each other accountable. And I think because they have both been open to that accountability and to that truth, that they, they can make it they can be successful because I feel like they're checking each other. They're checking each other. I, I mean, we're watching a one-sided conversation where right now we're watching them examine Daniel's professional uh, decisions. But I believe based on the nature of their relationship that if the wife ever strayed from their course, they'd be having the same set of conversations. And I think there's another path and that is the path where McNulty and his wife went, right? And that is where, when that time came for the decision-making about whether they were going to live in their truth or not, they couldn't, they couldn't get on the same page. They couldn't, they couldn't hold each other accountable to the, to, to the commitments that they had made to each other. And so we have a disconnect with McNulty and his wife, where she has made her way to the reality of the situation. McNulty remains in denial, but at the end of the day, they are not on the same page at all. I have so much if, more if, I can if, say. If, if anybody, these are one of those points. If you want to know what it's like growing up with Janiyah, she is the people one like who, a PowerPoint. The, she's the one who would create a PowerPoint in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I tried she so could, hard not she, to do it. See, you saw her try not to do the PowerPoint. <laughs> But that's the she wasn't walking in her truth. Do you see? If we look at Janai, that's like that's like Kim. That's she like, wasn't that's walking like in Kima's her wife. Yeah. Kima's wife trying to put her on the desk. I need a yeah. PowerPoint. I need a slide. I need. I need Janai, a and 
And, and like the sad thing is, it made your point even more relevant. <laughs> that makes you, that makes your PowerPoint even more relevant. You had to live in your own truth. There was no way you were not. It was going to we happen now. It was going to happen later. Somebody was going to see that slide. But, so, yeah, but we listen. were going to get a text about that slide later. <laughs> but listen. One, you 100% work. <laughs> so. But, <laughs> look, but. The the point I wanted to make before we I don't know how we got off on the tangent, but I, I wanted to point, I wanted I to point out I know you're <laughs> very tangential, but listen I <laughs> I thought it was such a great subtle thing they did when Bodie was on they were traveling yes. to Philly to pick mm-hmm. up drugs and Bodie who that is a Baltimore so um you know he's he's a Baltimore drug dealer who he grew up. Never it. been out, never and been outside that, of the city limits. And when you think about, man, how that doesn't even register to most people that he doesn't understand why his Baltimore radio stations aren't working when he's driving up to Philly. And I felt like that was one of those subtle things. But the first time I saw it, I was like, man, that just, you could talk for hours Absolutely. Starting off at that at that point of just how small their world is. Mm-hmm. It's not even just Baltimore. It's their side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know Baltimore. what is so interesting? There's another point in this season where uh, Stringer is essentially having a conversation with some of the drug dealers about business concepts. Mm-hmm. And he's challenging them to kind of a class at the funeral home yeah he's he's so basically he's having a meeting he's pulled together he's pulled together what we would call a brainstorming session absolutely where he is like (laughs) literally he's like putting issues on the on the whiteboard and he's saying let's now throw out solutions and Bodhi was able to bring great ideas and great perspective into that conversation but so this is a person whose critical thinking skills exist but he lacked the perspective to know that radio stations exist in a, in a, crazy. In a set radius. It's, it's crazy. Nothing it's crazy. in his life had given him that information. Mm-mm. Right? So this is, but this is one of those things where you could see how standardized tests could, could enable some people to fail. Mm-hmm. Because you would take for granted a certain amount of basic understanding of how things work. But the reality is that that basic level of understanding about how things work, it's very, very much framed by the circumstances of your life. You know, a basic SAT question about radios and how they work. This is a, this is a, this is a critical, critical thinking question that Bodhi would have failed. Do you see what I'm saying? But we watched him just display excellent critical thinking skills in a business class. and continuing with what you're talking about with Stringer basically taking the drug dealers to school. <laughs> um, uh, we we got to talk about as that. You, as you mentioned the Stringer earlier, basically going rogue, right? He is doing things and making decisions without Avon's consideration. Avon so is in the dark. Although I will make a caveat and say I do believe that Avon feels something. Avon doesn't know exactly what is going on, but I believe that he's having a sense that something is wrong. I agree. And Stringer is how, not how, do you, him. how do y'all think Stringer is going rogue? 
So I say this string. How was Stringer not going rogue? Is my question to so, you. Okay, let's 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 talk about it. I think Brittany brought so, up a good. I want to talk about this one. How did how did Stringer? What's so the first rogue thing he did? Or one of the well, rogue um, things he did? Well, one of the rogue things he did was having D killed. Now, we can get into the nuances of that, right? D, if you were anybody and you weren't a Barksdale, bro, you would have been dead a long time ago. Period. End of story. Question. There's no question. You were about to damn the whole organization out? Like, you would have been dead. So, so how's that But because rogue? he was a... But it's going rogue because him and Avon never agreed upon it. That was not a discussion. Now, if him and Avon had some type of discussion a long time ago, that was like, listen, if you see me getting a little too sensitive about something, then I go do something behind my back. Like, you know, and I don't want to know about it. But we haven't had that conversation. So right now, you look like you're just getting killed because he's messing up the organization. We Bro, why are you looking so skeptical about that? You don't but, agree that Avon that that Stringer was rogue when he killed D'Angelo? Also, but but also the other part of it is him setting up a a a thing with Proposition Joe. No, no, no. We we gotta go one at a time. We gotta go okay. one at a time. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, do you have any? I'm about to speak on it, but do you? I agree with Brittany. He was absolutely rogue because he and Avon, Stringer and Avon had a conversation about how to deal with D'Angelo. And, and, and Avon said, listen, D'Angelo wants out of family protection and out of the family business. Um, and Avon said, I've given him many chances and he is denying our protection and our benefits. And so uh, I think I've extended enough of that. And 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 um and Ava and Stringer agrees. Stringer agrees. So their agreement was for um was for D'Angelo to no longer experience benefits or protection from them. But it was not to kill him. Was that the best decision um uh with the with the interest of the organization it wasn't because d'angelo had not at all presented himself as a threat the only thing that he was doing was was wait, wait, wait. the well, only I'll thing agree with that part the only thing d'angelo was doing was he he made it clear that he was not going to tell on the family he just wanted out he just wanted out he said that and he said i'm just going to do my time and so the only thing that he was doing was stressing avon out other than being a stressor for Avon, and I'm going to say stress comes along with the job of being the head of a drug ring, uh, so he's <laughs> fine with dealing with stress. Other than being a distraction and a stressor for Avon, D'Angelo was no threat to them. What threat did he present? What possible <clears throat> threat did he present? No. I mean, let he me, already did dime the whole organization can, can, out. May I respond? Please. <laughs> he did Number not. He didn't dime them out. Yes, he did. Remember, may, may, he did it before. I, resp I waited very patiently. Years. I waited very patiently. May I respond? All right. Easy. Number one, D'Angelo should have been killed. Episode one, season one, because but he wasn't. I just want to respond, and then I will allow you to. I just want to respond. Okay. I just I, I I just want to respond. Got it. Time number one, he should have been killed because he effed up. 
in a in a major way. Yeah, in a major way. In, in major a major way. way. Anybody else would have been killed. He would have been dead. 100%, okay, one hundred percent. D'Angelo grew up in tragic circumstances, just like everybody else we're talking about. That's right. But he's choosing to be a part of the game. The second time he should have been gone was when he wrote that letter to Gantz. The Barksdale organization killed a witness. And they got D'Angelo to start writing a letter to the witness's children. That weren't even real. That weren't even real in a way to get him to uh, confess. Second time he should have died. Third time, excuse me, and this is what Brittany is talking about. He actually snitched. He actually snitched. He was sitting there with them running down the picture. He was talking about the pictures. He was talking about the whole organization. And he was about to flip on everybody until Brianna, his mom, came down and got him to take the 20 years. Now, what we're talking about is even if he doesn't think he's a threat, number one, you already snitched, so you're that's already you're in every situation, you're already yeah. gone. Yeah. But beyond that, now you've shown yourself to be weak in several situations. Why in the world would we think you could take 20 years? You, you haven't even shown yourself to be able to stand up in these other smaller circumstances. That being able to stand up for 20 years, that he couldn't even take a beat down, which, which started this whole situation. So he's shown, even if, and I... I believe this. I believe he would have made it to 20 years. I do too. But, but what I'm saying is, from the organization's perspective, he is one of the family. He could take down that entire organization. There is no drug organization in the world who would let that slide. You're not going to let that slide. And, and the, 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 so even if, he believed, even if D'Angelo truly believed in his heart, he was going to make the 20 years. They have no reason to trust that based on his actions. It, it's not like he's... But you know, bro, some, bro, you know who you sound like right now, straight up? You sound like Stringer, okay? Because, bro, so exactly. one of the things that we texted about while me and Brittany were watching would was, it, would it, before Before we get... What did Weebay say? Matter of fact, go, go to your text. I'll go back to my point. Good. What were you saying on the text? I was going to say, I was saying that what we were, what we all agreed on via text was that, and I think Brittany asserted this observation. She was like, um, Stringer is making business decisions and seems to have a great business acumen, but Avon is the one that understands and champions the rules of the streets. And mm -hmm. they need each other. Because without Avon to offset Stringer, Stringer is trying to run a street business without the rules of the streets. He's trying to just make straight up business led decisions. And what Avon actually even ends up explicitly saying to Stringer at some point is you're forgetting about the rules of the streets. And that's different from one plus one equals two. And so the fact that D'Angelo continues to live, it is not about business. He it continues to live because the rule of the street is family first. Wrong. And That's Avon's rule. 
Well, listen, that's bro. Avon's rule. Bro. That's Avon's rule. What did, what did, what did, um, bro, what did we, what, the reason why I would say that it is bigger than Avon's rule, I would say it's a rule of the Barksdale organization because even the mom, even the mom, I mean, it's the, the whole handling of D'Angelo, the whole thing. Oh, oh my gosh. There was even a conversation where Proposition Joe was talking to the, um, to the Greeks organization. And they were talking about uh, Ziggy being stupid uh, in, 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 in the Sabatka family. And they were talking about how stupid, how stupid Ziggy was that you can't even kill him because he's family. And Proposition Joe said, uh, I have some dumb-dumbs like dumb in my family. Mm -hmm. And I can't, and they're, they're effing up my business left and right. I can't even kill them because they're family. Because so my aunts will come and say something or something like that. <laughs> we had several instances where they confirmed that it is the rule of the street that you don't kill family. Well, that's why. But so the point is that D, the Stringer, Killing D'Angelo was a business decision that was a violation of the streets. Well, is what I, I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that in my mind, when you're talking about we first because we don't know, we don't know what Prop Joe's uh, nephew did. He said he was effing up their business. He said I have family members effing up my business left and right. I understand, but I'm but saying, I can't kill them because they're family. What I'm saying is, is that we don't know what that family member did because even if family gets even if family gets a lot of passes you don't get a pass after you are putting the whole organization but he bro told, if that was the case then why would stringer have to do it behind avon's back because bro, what if I, what you're get, saying get, is true if what, what I, you're what, saying <laughs> is true if what you're <laughs> saying is then why would he have to do it behind Avon's back? Because. <laughs> answer me this. I'm, I'm about to answer. Let me answer your question. Well, answer Good it then. Well, answer the question. Because. Answer Rihanna, the question. This is just like how it is. Really, it is listen, a reasonable question. Listen, answer this question. Brianna, and I will hold my peace. <laughs> Okay. Brianna and <laughs> Avon are too close to make the right decision. They're just too close. You all obviously haven't been in the streets. You're just not getting it. You should wear you should wear your streety outfit next time. I have one. Right. I have on one right now. She has on her streety earrings right now. Those are her streety earrings. Streety, okay, all right. Yeah, but 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 listen. I, and so ultimately what I'm saying is Stringer, Stringer did not go rogue, in my opinion. Because he made the best, he made the correct decision because Avon wasn't able to, and Brianna definitely wasn't able to, because that's their blood. And what I'm saying is, is that if somebody has violated over and over again, and the entire organization rests upon his weak back, as far as Stringer could tell, and even if, listen, Stringer was even trying to, like, at least get that feeling that we're cool. But, like, D keeps saying he don't care about them. Leave me alone. I'm doing, you know, cut, excuse me, cut me off. Edit that burp out. Uh, cut, cut me off and all that kind of stuff. 
all that kind of stuff. But it's in there. Oh yeah, it's saying it. Big time. That's in there. Yeah. But he's doing all this stuff. (laughs) And what I'm saying is D'Angelo had to go. And and Avon couldn't make the decision. And when you're in second, the purpose of Stringer is to be able to uh, 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 step up where Avon is going to fall short. And I'm just saying that was the best, since that was the best, and in my opinion, only decision every imagine how many times he bucked stringer and avon how many times he bucked them and i'm just saying you can't do that and expect to live it's just not all, all i know is all i know is that that's just not how the hierarchy works this kind of kill decision you can't make that as the number two Avon uh-huh. had to make that call. The thing about the streets, and I understand the two of you haven't been in the streets, and that's why you're not getting it. But um, the way that things work in the streets, you I live by family. Right <laughs> I wish we were live live by family. Wonder... <laughs> you die by family. I just think I a straight, straight, and, and and what we all have to also remember is that Stringer was actually having sex with D'Angelo's. I don't girlfriend. think I, that. That was whack, but it didn't have nothing to do with his decision. I did and, and absolutely nothing. Because when he um now I want you I want you to think about this. What did what did Weebay say when he was talking to uh Avon about D'Angelo's supposed suicide? Do you remember? That he was always weak. And uh, it might have been for the best. Now this is this is Weebay, Avon's top soldier. And imagine how watered down. Y'all, is chilling in jail. Look, like, I just but, wanted but, to put that out there. But what I'm saying is, is Weebay said to Avon, you know, he might start thinking he, he couldn't do those years. It might have been for the best. Now, that's the watered down version of what Weebay would have actually said, which is, yeah, that dude had to go. But he watered it down because he was talking to Avon. Even when, um, even when, uh, 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 Bo- Bodie was talking about him. He was talking about how the heart pump Kool-Aid, he wasn't made for this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, and we're not going to go around and around. We, we've reached the we're, impasse. Yeah, we're, we're at an impasse on, on this. We're, we're, but yes, I, I want to be emphatic that no, I don't think he was rogue on that. So wow. Brittany, you were talking about he, he was doing the best for the organization. So that's not rogue to me. If you're if you're so, a boss, I w- so I will say I agree with both perspectives. Is that mm-hmm. you're rogue in the sense that you're supposed to run everything by Avon, but you're not rogue in the sense that you are making a decision and killing someone that should have been dead a long time ago. If we were going by these rules, but he would also on the other side of that, he is family. That's and it was the rule. supposed to be family first. That's I don't the think, rule. So I don't. I don't think. Listen, I, and even when we're talking about Prop Joe, Prop Joe, he's a businessman, but he's ruthless. He is, but you, even he said his family's effing everything. But we else. don't know what they did. If we his don't know cousin, what they did, but we don't he, know what he did. But his, so if, but his statement about family was that they are exempt. But I'm saying you don't know what he did, so you can't compare the two. It, it, what you would have to see is his nephew diming on the whole organization and Joe letting that slide. That's what you would need to see. Right. And even if they would, that. 
Can't and argue even with if that. they were letting something, some stuff slide, that's different. Okay. Shooting a yeah. dude in, shooting a dude for no reason. You know okay. what? Okay, okay. I, I I agree that we are at an impasse. Okay. Uh, I right. will say that we are we in agreement that that Stringer had been demonstrating some 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 he had been making some decisions. So I guess what I'm saying is if if the killing of D'Angelo was an isolated decision of 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 Stringer going against Avon, that would have been one thing. Right. That's what but so Stringer, what's the next one? The other so the next one is the decision to partner with Proposition Joe. Britt, you were just about to talk about that one. His mm-hmm. decision to, to work with Proposition Joe. So get into it. For, because um there was you know their drugs weren't doing well for whatever reason their supplier, the organization their supplier, their supplier had let them was, go their supplier and their drugs were getting weak and the crackheads knew that it wasn't doing anything that's right and so well they had they had Joe, they had um remember they lost the new york connect they had because of all the drama that happened just like janiah talked about they lost their connection so a- Avon hooked up that dude in Atlanta. <laughs> and when they got the Atlanta dude's drugs, it was only 10% pure. It was Horrible. it was whack. It was whack. They had no supply. And and Proposition Joe is like, well, I've got top-notch product. You've got top-notch territory. Hmm. I'll take some of your top-notch territory. If exactly. you give, I'll, if you and I'll if, if and I'll give you some of my top-notch product. And and instead of Taking that idea right to Avon and being he very did. forthright. He did. He did. He, he, he did. He, and Avon said, no, we fought for that property. We're not giving it up. And then it was like, it, and here goes um, Stringer like, you right, you right. But he gives away three towers. <laughs> and he does it anyway. Promises his show. Exactly. He does it anyway. But, Quick question. Even with that being said. Quick question. He, Quick question. What would have happened had he not done that? Well, I got to tell you, the business would have suffered. But the street, but the street rules would have been followed. Intact. <laughs> you know, I think watching The Wire has really made Janelle feel like she's a gangster on some yeah. level. Yeah. But, but let me ask you this. It's, the, it's these streets. What do you, what was happening before Stringer um, got with Prop Joe, what was happening? The business was failing. And not and failing in uh, these situations doesn't mean that you file Chapter 11 and <laughs> go set up in another city. It means people die. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, is Str- Stringer is in this situation where he knows what's going to happen. Avon's not out there. He knows his his people are banging over nothing. They're banging over nothing. He sees what's happening, what's unfolding. So you're saying you're saying that it is a valid reason because because the judgment of the leader, the decision made by the leader was the wrong one, that it's okay to go behind the leader's back. That's what you're saying. Yes, in, in um, this circumstance, because when you are the, the, a, good, a good number two, in my mind, knows 
when they have to make the hard decision. And even if, even if the number one doesn't see it. And what we're talking about is, and this is going to spin us up into another conversation, but Stringer's out here looking at his, his people just had a shootout, which resulted in the death of an innocent child, which ramped up police through the whole city. Yeah. And the reason why they were banging on that corner was the fiends were going to that corner because they had weak product. If they did have weak product, the fiends would have been going to that corner. So Bodhi had to go to where the fiends were at. So he had to go bang the other guys off the corner. That wouldn't have happened if he had prop Joe's package. And, and, all- and you know, and bro, I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but what I'm saying is I think of the job of the number two. And actually I will just say this, I am a number two, like this is what I do for a living. I think the job of the number two is to actually to either bring the number one around so that they understand the reality of the situation or to find another solution that that supports and enables the leadership of the number one. So I think Stringer's actual job was to go and find another supply chain. That's what he needed to do. It was not to go and, and, and share Prophet and Joe's supply chain. Well, I mean, the, I think we might be. <clears throat> at another impasse. I don't know. No, well, I mean, we're definitely at an impasse, but I'm saying we, we we might be underestimating what's involved with getting a solid connect. That's true. You know, Maybe so, sure. So, Absolutely. So, so I'm just saying, and when we when we look at what happened afterwards, they were extremely profitable by giving up those towers. Yeah. One of the things he and and that is. And what I'm saying is, is that the other part? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sis. No, no, I know. Yeah, go ahead, sis. Because I I was just, I was just vamping on that point. The other part is that Stringer is not understanding, though, that there's still outfall from his decisions. So the fact that they called the assassin from New York to come, and no one and Stringer. Brother Muzon, they're caught up now. And so good. They're caught up now. People are like, okay, so Stringer's saying that we can have these towers. Brother Muzon is like, no, you can't. You need to go. You're dead, Method Man. Exactly. I don't remember his. That's bubbles. what happens when leaders you're are dead. Bubbles. Think. Like you're 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 getting shot. Also, you have Doobie. What's his name? Doe boy. <laughs> Bodie. Bodie, you have Bodie. Can Brittany please learn any of the names? Any Bodie. <laughs> Did she call him Doobie? You have <laughs> you have little Doobie, little Bodie. We, 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 who is, we do. This is long. Oh, okay. This, this, this is, this, is this is eighteen hours. You are, are, you, are, are you are you gonna are you gonna edit it down a little bit? I could. Well, I don't, anyway, go ahead, Brittany. I don't, yeah, I don't, think, you, I don't think you should. We've never it's edited all, it to this okay, point. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, you also have Bodhi questioning, like, 
if X, Y, Z is not matching, this is not matching ABC because he, he's not used to that type of thing happening. Anytime something is going on, there's always, it's all in sync. Everyone knows. So why is this happening? But this is happening. So while I understand Stringer's decision-making, um, I do also see that there is potential for things to crumble underneath when you start seeing that leadership is not cohesive. Okay. It has oh, the potential. Okay. I no, don't no know. Doubt. No, no doubt. But well, it has oh, the potential. He didn't have any good decisions to make. He, he was just choosing what the he be, felt the, the best of the best or worst. All right, before, and I will say this before, because I don't want to move from when you were talking about the child that got murdered. I will say, mm. bro, Aubrey said to Janelle. Can, can I bring this up? Can I bring this one up, please? Yes. Because in the beginning, <laughs> I told my sisters that the wire was going to get them. They were going to cry at some point. And that scene, there's a scene where that we've been talking about where Bodhi of the Marksdale organization decided to go and get a corner that had a lot of activity. That belonged so they, to somebody else. That belonged to somebody else. So they ended up having a shootout and nobody died except for an innocent boy in a house who was just watching. Innocent nine-year-old getting ready for school. And Brittany was texting me like this was something that actually happened in real life. Like she was real because life. Because it is. Because it is something yeah. that happens in real life. Yes. Listen, you guys, when I, if I could have videotaped myself, I was literally on the couch eating like my breakfast and I was in full on tears. I was in, as if I was watching a news story. I was like, what? And then the scene and not too long after that, because the mother is now calling for justice. This is, this is the hard part of the black community, right? My child is dead. They were dying because of some, what would seem now gang shootings and our and drug dealer shootings. And now the only people I can call to solve my issue are police officers who the police officers then go into these communities without any rhyme or reason and they are arresting black men left and right even some running out of their van saying you know the deal what do you mean do i know the deal i don't know no damn deal they said like we're just gonna go crack some heads or something they're just lining them up he the the boys are starting the men you see them walking away from the police because like i'm just sitting here on a bench but now i'm on the floor on the ground and rows of people sitting, some laying on their bellies. And this began to make me cry even more because I'm thinking of slave ships at this point. I'm thinking of watching our black men be hunted. This is literally what's happening, but then also looking at police officers who are black men having this war within themselves. Cause now they're the power, right? They're the powers that be. You see one example of one that he is like filling himself. And then you see another one that's like, I, I can't believe this is happening right now. Like his mind is like, and we're doing this. Like we have to do this. It was just, it was so, it was so much so complex. Hard. So much complexity. So much. It's so I much mean, complexity. It's almost, it's almost like if, if 
somebody was in a position to make a decision to try to stop that kind of stuff, they should probably make that decision. I hate Aubrey. It's almost they like should. A, they should. I know because justice in America is so even even if clear. some un, even if some under four people it's so call them clear and 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 the and the, the the code of American justice is definitely more valid and less corrupt than the code of the streets. Well, listen. Because why somebody got a gun and somebody got his briefcase? Hello. Oh, Omar uh, said it. Oh, Omar said it. Yo, that was another one I was oh excited. I know we got to wrap. I know we got to wrap. I know we got to wrap. Can we wrap on that? Brittany, talk, talk, on the, talk on that one up, Brittany, before we That's before a wrap. That. That's a good That's a good. No, no, no. I, look, I want to I wanna close on that. So let me interject one point before we close on that. Cause that that's a closer. Oh, that's a closer. But um, <laughs> but I wanted to make a point of how realistic the drug dens were. That I've never been in a drug den, <laughs> but yo, they even when Bubbles and uh, what's the name was in that place where they you know that Bertha house where they were all high, and Bubbles was just. And they even had spit. Oh, I was like, was oh so my gross. God. And like, it, it was, was like you so could gross. smell it just by looking at it. I was just like, yeah, how I did they? I've never been in one for real, but I've seen cop shows where they're in them. And it looked just like that. I mean, anyway, so I, I just, just wanted to wonder where we get all this paper from. There's always so much paper everywhere. It's just gross. I love, I love, so I love both of my sisters. And I just, it's I just, like I just, so much, that so was many such other a, things. That in was the such a Britney thing to say <laughs> that I just love it. All this like, paper. Why is it's anyone ridiculous. recycling? So, it's so much crumpled up paper. <laughs> Where are they getting all this? <laughs> we, and I, we went through, through just our normal conversation. We literally touched on every point I wanted to touch on. That's so, great. Britney, close us up with, with, the, uh, with one of the <laughs> best scenes. Oh my gosh! This scene—if um, the whole wire just stopped after the scene, they sent their me- the message is clear. Um, so Omar, in perfect Omar fashion, the stick-up kid. Oh good. He was on the stand to put Fredro Star—I don't remember Fredro Star's name in the show. He was on the stand to put him. His name is Bird. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he was cute to me. He's been cute all my life. And, listen, we, and for everybody, anybody who's listening and watching, we're not doing this for dramatic effect. Cue, cue from Moesha. Brittany, just the part of her brain that connects fake names, that just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, go ahead. So he, so he was putting, and why cue, was he putting, why was he putting Bird? Why was he? Bird, he was putting Bird in jail because Bird killed his boyfriend. Yep. And so, and they didn't just kill his boyfriend. They Tortur- tore him up. They tortured, yeah. him. They tortured him. And so, um, at this point, Omar is like, oh, well, everybody could go down. I'll tell as many secrets. Now, Omar gets on the stand, and he's not lying at any point. <laughs> Omar is telling the truth. But Bird's lawyer, who is the lawyer of the Barksdales, um, he of the Barksdale organization, he is... Um, going after Omar and basically saying, so you just walk around with this shotgun 
and doing certain things. And Omar says to him very nicely, well, you know, I have a shotgun and you have a briefcase. But we're doing the same thing before the same. And it was, it was, and it caught the lawyer off guard to the point where he didn't have anything else to say because he knew it was true. The lawyer, the lawyer lawyer was really trying to discredit Omar. He was trying. He was like, you are the leech leech that is sucking off the dregs of, he was basically saying, you are victimizing your own community. You are the reason that there is, that you are, you are profiting off of the death of your community and the death of community and the death of people and drugs. And Omar just said, yeah, that's the game. I do it with a gun, you do it with a briefcase, but here we are. And the courtroom laughs and he makes him look stupid because he knows the truth. But this is the other part of trusting someone to be your lawyer, but they're also looking down on you. Because we even remember from season one, when that same lawyer went to come get D from the police station, he slaps D in the back of the head. No respect for these individuals. This is just money yep. right now. This is just money, which we can get into some more nuanced things about that, but we won't we'll have because time. we need to wrap up. We'll have time because, because it's all, it we'll always comes up. back to money and power. I'll I haven't seen the other down. seasons, but I know we'll have time to talk about money and power. Cause that's what it always comes down to in this here life. So let's vote. Uh, well, the vote does the wire season two get your container. Yes. I have a full container with lots of illegal contraband. in it. <laughs> yeah. It's my vote. Of course. Yeah. I, I give, season, I give season two my <laughs> container as well. And my container is full of women and crack. Wow. You're just <laughs> like the Greeks. Can I say one thing before we wrap up? We had enough money to escape the country. Them jokers left. <laughs> they they were like, it was like millions of dollars of drugs. He they were put like, his just... cigarette out and they got on the plane and left. And he said something like, part of being a man is knowing when to leave. <laughs> and the other part of that too, he said, and I'm not even Greek. <laughs> They call me the Greek. Like, Man, we, I'm not even Greek. <laughs> another thing we could have spent time so talking good. about was how the uh, the the drug dealers in the white part of town, how they were just operating without a fear of police. Oh it just, man! And they, it was Herc that called it out. Yeah, Herc it was, Herc Herc was that like, it out. he said it like he said, this. He said, he said, he said, I'll go up to them like I would like some drugs, and they were like. How much drugs would you like? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, we need some different rules to police the white boys. He said, because these rules are set up for the black boys. That but was we, 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 we could get in a whole nother. Oh, one we so could. But because uh, we did talk about what's his face, the smart cop, the smart cop, Freeman, the smart Freeman, because Freeman said that he was like. No, they're not doing any codes on their phones because they wouldn't think that we would be on their exactly. phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, the wire is nuanced. Yeah. We, 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 we. I cannot wait for y'all to watch season three. Oh, I'm man. so Which one excited. is season three? Season three Which... is the politics. And I cannot wait. This is going to get me already because you know what? I, I, I struggle. 
I struggle. Well, I struggle. Let, let me let you know. this whole zone. Yeah. Buckle in, buddy. Buckle in. And I, well, figured, out, I figured out why my background stopped working. What was because it? Because my spotlight is, is running out. It's on batteries. Ah. And so my spotlight oh. is dying. That's why. Well, you know what? We're getting better and better at home studios. I feel like down. episode by episode, we're adding better equipment and lighting. Yes, Man, perfect. But I, we're I getting want, much better. I, and I just wanted to create the kind of content that people could listen to in the background while they're doing something else. Because <laughs> that's my favorite kind of content. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah. I love that kind of content. That's a good step. All right. Well, y'all, so our next episode um, will You know be... what we could have done is do rags for this episode, too. <laughs> no, containers, you hit it. Containers are good. right. There's containers nothing right. better than containers. But Aubrey also has funny text messages as well, you guys. He was like, I don't understand why the white boys are wearing do rags. They're not. That... <laughs> because do rag. Aubrey was like, do rags serve a functional purpose? They have a function. It's so crazy <laughs> that. <laughs> but that's that. That is that is the the pervasive nature of cultural appropriation. Well, you just take it. You just take it. It doesn't have to make sense. You just take it. It doesn't have to make sense. I'm laying down my straight hairs. <laughs> so our next episode, which will be The Wire season three, it will release on August uh, 22nd. Uh, All right. And that'll be season three. Well, actually, it's going to release the 23rd because that's when we do it live. Sunday, oh, if we were going to do it live, if we were going to do it live, we would do it live Sunday the 16th. The 16th. So that it would be posted, it will be released on the 23rd, uh, mm-hmm. among well, the 22nd. Well, y'all just let me know what I have to do. because. <laughs> okay, so live stream, season three, August 16th, and then it'll be posted on all, all channels on Saturday the 22nd. Yes. Boom. All right. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. This has been The Right Perspective. Bye. Bye.